do we have a starting point with the evolution of the uh, comic book industry? I mean, how far back do you want to go? Right? I mean, it's funny because uh, I guess to go all the way back, um, I have a lot of people who will who will talk to me and be like, well, you know, comics is such a, a young medium. And, and I'll tell them, like, whoa, 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 first off, no. Um, comics is actually the oldest medium because it predates uh, modern writing. And they're like, what? And I'm like, fucking cave drawings, hieroglyphics, all that shit. Those are comics. So, so no, no, no. You, you guys are, are putting these stigmas upon comics that have fucking nothing to do with it. <laughs> comics is the oldest medium. So... You know the 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 moving you know pictures and and uh, words together and whatnot, or even just um, again, comics don't have to be um, pictures and words. We've seen lots of very successful and excellently done um, comics without words. So like really, it's about sequential storytelling. Yeah, it's like a silent film. Yeah, and so we see that in in lots of different ways. So I would say that. If you're talking about the evolution, certainly you can go all the way back to uh, to cave paintings. We don't have to. That's a really long journey, especially when we have less than an hour and there's only a couple of us to do. Um, but uh, at least recognizing that that's where it started, I think, is a good jumping off point and a good a good introduction to to what it is we're going to be talking about. You know, I went to uh, some years ago. I went to um, can't remember what uh, museum it was in L.A. There was the, um, the history of comics, and they had old comic strips. Like they had uh, Little Nemo in Slumberland. I mean, they had um, Jack Kirby. They had like all kinds of stuff, and that's just something that just. It was amazing to go back and see that artwork and see the storytelling um, from what is Nemo? Um, that was uh, early 1900s. Yeah. You know, I have uh, one of the one of the guys that I like to follow. His name is Joseph Dewis, and I love his work. And he has this great horror comic. Uh, it's a one shot. It's called Bless the Children, and I think it was from like uh, the the comic was done or sorry, it was set in like eighteen something um, after after the gold rush and whatnot. And what was amazing about that comic is it was done in the style of comic books from that age, and so each each panel was basically almost like a pasted on thing. And so they were all numbered and everything, and it was done in that that style. And that was such an amazing history lesson to realize that he had gone back, he had researched what comics looked like, and tried to make something that looked similar to that to then deliver us a story like that. So if you want to go back to the, uh, the evolution of comics, it's not as expensive as you would imagine because uh, there's a lot of us who have so much respect for the medium that we've um, some people have worked arduously to to show that off. So I mean, there's even things like that where, like I said, it's it's pasted on panels. 
Yeah, and um, there's a class that I took, which kind of went over that a little bit at Cal State Fullerton. Um, it was uh, comic books as literature. And we kind of went over um, various, you know, um, mediums uh, of the storytelling. Um, went over bef well before action comics, you know, Superman, all that. Um, so those are those are I, I don't I never heard of that one. Um, so that's interesting that you brought that up. Um, so I went back to um, what was it called? Uh, Contract with God. Was that? Who, who did? I'm blanking. I'm not writer. I would say that a lot of times when people are talking about the evolution of comics, they'll go back to an action comics and be like, you know, oh yeah, when when superheroes came up, that really and it's like, whoa, 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 yeah, you're missing so much. You're missing the westerns. You're missing the pulps. You're missing a lot of that stuff that is is so huge and and such a big part of of the of that evolution. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, listened to the audiobook, Stanley's audiobook. I don't know. Like, I think he was uh, narrating it. I forgot what it was called. And But, like, superheroes didn't start at all. It was way back. So people need yeah. to understand that superheroes aren't comic books. and They're not the, like, reason why they started. Yeah. And and even if you, like, I mean, like I said, it, it's not so expensive to go back and learn more you can even like one of the ones that i enjoyed recently was um ed brubaker and sean phillips their pulp which was such a great book and it had to do with it was actually a a combination um crime comic and western and so it was kind of showing that rise and fall so to speak of the the western comics and and how that was happening and and uh sort of shone a light on that in the late 30s so um that was uh that was a really interesting take so i mean like i said even in modern comics you can find a lot of people who are excited about those time periods and comics from those times and so they they give a nod to them and you get to see that sort of stuff come together that sounds like fun yeah, yeah, no, it was, it's a great book. And I mean, honestly, like, uh, Brew Baker and Phillips are, are one of the most, those guys are just absolutely a phenomenal team. And um, you should be reading their books anyways, because they really are, just do amazing work. So uh, I, I highly recommend Pulp, but if that's not your sort of thing, no problem. Check out any of their other stuff. They do absolutely uh, just fabulous crime work. And and again, crime is uh, is a much older um, genre in the comic field, and and just has such a steeped history because of the old, you know, like Pulp Fiction. That's that's where the title comes from, is from those like '30s and '40s and even earlier comic books. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get Travis in, but like he's having an issue, and then I'm trying to get Austin, but he hasn't responded. So, 
<laughs> hey, Gavin, I think you and I are just going to have to fucking tap dance over here, man, and just keep right. everybody... Or just, or just or just, spout random fucking uh, things that, you know, about the evolution of comics. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, yep. Um, my wife, um, who popped up earlier... Name Raquel, that's the one that says she was going to follow your previous guest. Um, um, she's working on a, on, a, on a paper, which um, has to do with um, comic conventions and how things are changing and things are going to um, virtual conventions now. And she's going to mention Sierra Nova. She's, oh, she's gonna mention hey. oh, cool. Because a lot of things are going virtual because of um, the uh, coronavirus. I guess oh, we can yeah. we can talk about that. I guess <laughs> that's evolution in a way. Hey, <laughs> you know, but, but it very much is. Like we've seen a lot of these virtual conventions show up, and because there's a need for it. But also, I think that you know more and more people are realizing that um, the way our world was pre-corona it's not something we're simply going to go back to it's not about getting back to normal it's about discovering the new normal we're evolving so we need to be ready for if this sort of shit happens again or or you know um how to how to make sure that we keep ourselves safe in case of this sort of stuff so um I, and 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 i believe in all honesty the real evolution it's all about the, the scientific theorem where you have theory or sorry thesis antithesis synthesis and so really it's like we had regular cons and then we went to virtual cons and really what it's about it's about that mashup where you're going to find when we are finally able to get back to shows that um the smart conventions are going to find a way to do both to offer people a way to be there without being there you know like oh you you can't afford the the thousands of dollars that it might take to get to that show no problem we have a way to connect you and that's only going to get better better as we see the monetization of that and and people trying to um uh find a way to to make that affordable and interesting and exciting I was, I was gonna say, like business business conventions already do something similar where they record the whole thing, and after the convention's over, they sell the recording in a uh, you know a smaller you know price package. But then the other one was I don't remember what YouTuber I followed that did this, but they actually went to a convention with a 360 camera and just walked around the convention, and then they live streamed that 360 ability where you could be in Facebook and like move the camera around is if you're there as that person that you can pivot what you look at and like that kind of stuff will you know like think about it, like google map style if you could walk around a convention without having to be there there's plenty of people like like the san diego comic-con if you want to get a ticket there you got to know somebody now like it's it's so impossible to get a ticket so wouldn't it be nice if more people could experience this incredible yep. event yeah. It's it's the live aspect. It's huge. Can you imagine, like, even like being able to do something like, say, um, cool, something like this? So somebody has a webcam on them, like maybe um, in their lapel or whatever, in their shirt pocket. They've got their phone live streaming at all times, and so then you go, okay, okay, cool. 
I'm going to pay you a dollar to be able to be a part of your stream and watch. And then, you know, I might, I might be able to do things like offer you a couple extra bucks to go and, and speak to this person or that person or whatever. Like there's a lot of really cool ideas that could be done. And, and as you, as the person, if you think about it, like I go there and I'm, I'm like, hey, man, I'm live streaming. I was asked to go check out your booth. They want to ask you these questions. They want to talk about these things. And then that person, you know, you being behind the booth can be something like, oh, cool. Well, yeah, certainly like I have a website, but I also have a, a virtual booth, on, you know, on the convention's website. And you can go check that out. And we have these deals going through there right now. And you can pick up these books and we'll take care of you, whatever, whatever. And so there is that evolution. Now, can you do that right now? No, but it's a pretty fucking cool idea. And I, You know, you could probably do like a Twitch stream where, you know, you've got your phone out listening to your chat. And if someone donates a dollar, they can say left or right. You know what I mean? Like, yep. go to alleyway go to this uh panel go to you know like it's kind of like the um because i've seen twitch streamers that do the choose your own adventure game style where like basically whoever's like donating or whoever subscribed can like tell you like hey let's vote does he you know kill the monster with a sword or does he have to go in barehanded you know what i mean <laughs> and, and that's and that that streamer by the end of it they have shown off all of these cool different people and they've almost certainly paid for their their entire weekend you know what i mean so oh, yeah. uh yeah there's yeah the virtual autographs thing i i find to be some massive bullshit there's got to yeah. be some way around oh, that because they're not worth anything they're uh charging for um the virtual uh snapshots so we can you and i uh chuck can get a snapshot together um if you pay me and and then you can't share it on social media because it's uh you know copywritten and that's actually something that i've seen on that's but you have it <laughs> and then what <laughs> i don't like that no yeah i, I just saw yeah my friend my friend showed me the other yesterday um she's like oh this is what uh the macy's thanksgiving parade looked like and i was like I didn't even know it was happening. And she's like, oh, it was all AR. And I was like, that looks terrible. Well, so that's the thing about evolution. Yep. Um, a good evolution requires shitty ideas because yeah. fuck ups and mistakes and shitty ideas bring us to the good ideas. And yeah, like so, you know, things like virtual photos and virtual, you know, that's like, there's these guys and I've seen like some, some B, well, not even B, like, C and lower list actors, they're doing these conventions. Like the guy who played um, one of the main demons on Supernatural, and you're like, okay, and like you can have a sit down chat with him for 250 bucks. And I'm like, no, no, it's not even that much when I'm at a show. And you're going to charge me? Are you fucking kidding me right now? Bad idea. Now, the amount of money is a bad idea, but if you can make that more affordable and you can guarantee that a certain number of people why not have you know a 15 minute room where you know a certain number of people can buy a room and sit down and chat with that person for uh, an amount of time 
And yeah. then, you know, that means that everybody, you know, if let's say like we won't we won't do the room until it's filled up. Um, we allow for nine people overall because that's the, what StreamYard does or Zoom or whatever the fuck. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then when you do that, then we know that the room's filled up. You have this amount of time. And um, so each one of you is paying this much so we know exactly how much we're going to make for that period of time. And then it's a little more affordable. 250 bucks for a minute of Zoom time? Fuck off. Yeah, I had one or two people that were like, oh, do I have to pay to like be part of this event? I was like, what? Didn't know that was an option. Do I? Can I charge you right now? And they're like, oh, no. You no, could. No. <laughs> it's a bad call because oh we're God. not giving them enough to charge for. Yeah. But, you know. Um, the way you're making your money and the way hopefully the rest of us are making our money is that people are excited by what we do. They go to our websites, they check out our stuff. They, um, they, you know, become followers so that at one point they might order a book, jump on a Kickstarter, you know, whatever. Yeah. Buy like, a video game. Got like a bunch of new like subscribers on our YouTube. And that was just cool to see. <laughs> what? This weekend, you mean? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we got like 17 new people Ooh. to subscribe, which that's insane. I but found an influx of, of new followers on Facebook and whatnot, fans who who ended up uh, like actually it was funny. At one point, I was like, I'm searching through as we're we're chatting. Somebody was on a long winded talk, and I'm like, cool. And I'm like, oh, I have this this new friend. So I went to look, and I was like, why do I know that name? And then I looked, and their name appeared on the bottom, and they were asking a question. And I'm like. That's fucking cool. Yeah, you're added. Like, I don't even need to see any of your other stuff. You're in. So, yeah. But certainly even in, in modern comics, there's a massive evolution when we're, you know, of course, uh, superheroes have dominated in a lot of ways. But if you were asking me, I would tell you that in a lot of ways, the, super, the superheroes are starting to possibly you know kind of crest um at least in comics starting to you know sort of crest and and new new things are showing up and and getting people excited the uh the movies are certainly giving them new life yeah but that will only go for so long yeah and then i gotta make the movies for my comics because <laughs> i don't want superheroes just go away <laughs> But horror is actually coming back. Uh, somebody else mentioned that. Richard, yeah. Richard Jones the third. Yeah, he mentioned that um, earlier. That he's like, yeah, actually horror is like kind of making a comeback in comics. Which when I first started indie comics and all that, didn't know that was even a thing. Horror so, comics are making a bit. You're seeing a lot of like you're seeing that come in a lot more. That's absolutely true. Honestly, it, it could even be because of simple stuff like the fact that most people didn't realize. <laughs> That um, The Walking Dead was a comic book. You know what I mean? Like once once something like that gets out, like that world starts opening up for people too. Like you know, and I know that's not like the, the everyone's favorite thing, but like just the fact that like like Greg Greg loves comic books and didn't know that horror comics were a thing, right? He also loves horror, so just finding out that there, that there's this whole world about it, I think that something like The Walking Dead is a good. Like something that broke people into that world, knowing that there's more out there. It, it, I mean, that that's certain. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, that's your echo again. Oh, like okay. just like yesterday. <laughs> I'm I'm just not used to being able to hear myself. Um, I'm so sorry that we don't have enough guests in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could fix that, no, I'm just fucking with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I'm not sure I would nece- necessarily buy that because again, like the show's been out for like eight years or something, so um, I I don't know if the the more recent influx is that I would say. I would probably point to the the more recent influx of really solid horror movies and TV shows that has actually breathed life into the horror genre. And so now people are like, ooh, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, can we can we do that with comics? Um, it's indie comics. You can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> so we're seeing a lot more of that, I think, because of that recent, you know, Again, it's the same. It's the thing with trends, right? Like we we start to see a trend happening, and a bunch of people jump on it. So I I would say, yeah, you're definitely going to see a lot more um, horror comics for the next little while. But um, you know, if you're jumping on that trend now, you're already a little late. You might want to look and see what other things are are coming over the horizon. Yeah, um, recently in the last couple of years, um, Joe Hill. Who, if you don't know, is Stephen King's son. Um, he's been doing some horror comics, um, you know, that uh, that I've kind of been enjoying. Um, he wrote the novel Nosferatu. He wrote a comic book um, that goes along with that. It's a prequel, and and then he's doing the Basketful of Heads um, comic book. He's, I mean, that's been up. Like you said, it's it's not a new thing. It's been established right now. The horror comics have have been recent, so you're. I think you're kind of right. Is you want to look ahead and see what's coming down the line? Because if you were to just do a horror comic, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, but don't expect. I think to feel like you're ahead of it or or riding the wave. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we just did a horror anthology just because, like, Matt had the idea, and we're like, oh, we're going to, like, make that an annual thing now. So that's cool. So, Well, and I'm surprised that you mentioned Joe Hill and Lock and Key didn't come up because – Yeah, I was literally about to mention that. That's a really right? good show. And then after I was watching the show, I was like, wait, that's a, that's a graphic novel? That's awesome. Yeah. In and then when I, I found out who is Stephen King's son, I was like, that's even yeah. more awesome. <laughs> I've read the entire series. I have the entire series. Um, and it's in six volumes. Um, and oh. I don't know how long they're going to last the TV show, um, if they're going to keep it that long. But, um, yeah, that's uh, another great Joe Hill, you know, one that should have been right, the first one out of my mouth. Yeah, right. So it's funny that you should mention that. Um, I'm actually part of a project. Uh, there is a cult horror creator. Um, he's created such things as um, Night of the Demons and Witchboard. His name is uh, Kevin Tenney. And we're currently working on taking one of his movie scripts and making it into a graphic novel with uh, the likes of Thomas Tenney, who is known for um, 
uh, Image Comics, Marvel, DC. He's done work. He's done covers for ACDC and whatnot. And we're working on that. And I gotta tell you, not necessarily a horror fan, but I read that uh, script and I was like, "Holy fuck, this is so fucking good!" And it's called uh, Tomb of Terrors, and it's just so fucking amazing. So, yeah, man, that stuff is happening. I'm literally working on one of those things right now. And I can tell you that um, more and more, even like you're seeing guys like, um, you know, if we look at the the um, the evolution of medium, uh, of mediums, like entertainment mediums as a whole, you look at things like comics have been relegated to a certain way. And we look down on them in a certain way, just like TV was looked down by movies and whatnot. And so what happened was movies looked down on TV and then all of a sudden, you know, with the rise of things like HBO and then eventually streaming, um, more and more big screen actors started to make the jump to TV, realizing that there was actually a lot of really interesting stuff going on there. And you were able to tell a lot more stories there. And so now we're seeing that with comics where you've got guys like Keanu Reeves Jumping into a comic series, um, is that yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, totally. And so more and more, you're having these people jump in, and and so I I foresee personally when you've got a guy like Keanu Reeves there, that's adding some serious a list cred, and so I would say in a lot of ways that's only the beginning of that trend. We're gonna see a lot more. A-listers and a lot more big names hitting comics now because he's paving a way and he's certainly um, at the forefront of what I see is, is a new trend to come. Yeah, we got um, Ryan Gosling in our next comic, so it's fine. <laughs> just throwing him off. Right? Yeah, yeah. We're just, he's, he's there. <clears throat> Sorry, Every Canadian, every comic needs a little bit of Canadian love, so that was a good call. <laughs> I didn't know he was Canadian. So oh fuck yeah, he is. That's that's cool. I didn't know yeah. that. I I know a lot of actors that are like Jim Carrey and Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Yep. Uh, like we could just name Canadian actors right now. We could fuck the <laughs> panel. <laughs> Evolution of Canadian actors. Yeah, that's right. Maple syrup and acting, and and back bacon. Let's do this, folks. <laughs> but yeah, um, horror has been like kind of getting up there again, uh -huh. and um, superheroes like because it's kind of hard. It's, we still fund it on Kickstarter, but it was like people say that Indiegogo is a little more for superheroes, for like indie comics at least. Some people have said that to me. Uh, Aaron Dowen has said that. So has said what? That indie, like superheroes and Indiegogo would probably be a little better, like would might do a little better. Besides, you know, like the audience is more on Kickstarter. Like, yeah. In it, total. It's funny when you look at um, superheroes. What I've noticed with superheroes is obviously the top tier boys have superheroes dominated. Marvel and DC, that's their shit. That's their bread and butter. 
and then along the you know sort of lowest tiers and not to you know because certainly I'm, I'm i'm swimming down there with 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 a lot of the rest of them too but along those lowest tiers there's a lot of that too but in that middle realm where you're talking about the images the uh you know idw's boom all that kind of stuff you see a lot less of that and and a lot of them will even say yeah we're not really so interested in the superheroes and that's where you're going to see a lot of the rest of those uh, stuff. So as um, more attention is drawn to those middle tiers and to those, those middle companies, we're going to see a lot less of those. And so what are the trends in those companies? What are they looking at? What are they interested in? And we're seeing a lot of like the fantasy comics, the sci-fi comics. Um, we're seeing a lot of um, big properties make their way into th things like the, you know, um, I mean, if alien, alien and predator, which now is back at, um, I know alien is, I believe back at Marvel comics yeah. and, and that they're hoping to do something with that. So we're seeing a lot of those movie properties being picked up. I believe, um, I think it was IDW that had a lot of those movie and TV properties and stuff. So those are big. Um, we're also seeing a lot of the um, open source material being used. You know, the, the public domain characters are kind of making a comeback, so to, so to speak. The problem with the um, public domain characters, of course, is that everyone gets to use them. So when you use them, you really have to have your own take on them. And I would say someone who's doing a really good job of that is actually Big Dog Inc., where they've got, you know, they have a lot of the princesses and they've got, uh, they're using um, Oz and all that kind of stuff. And I believe the Oz one is actually in the set in the Wild West. So they're, they're taking those things, giving them their own very distinct spin so that when you see their properties, it's a totally different thing. Same with like, Xenoscope, like, holy shit, are they all over that stuff? 